0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day.
0: Celtics are back in action. We hear from Brad Stevens and Kemba Walker, and then we continue our historical deep dive with the departure of Doc Rivers. It's a Thursday, Locked On Celtics. Millions, let's go.
1: Rainy Jay's back with the fences back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth, like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars Hey
0: there, John Corrales, Boston Celtics beat reporter for MassLive.com, welcoming you back to another Locked On Celtics podcast. want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. If you're still with this show, I very much appreciate it because this show is still pumping out the episodes, still going strong, and uh, just really want to thank you. On Wednesday, the Boston Celtics, like the rest of the NBA, got back to action, mandatory individual workouts, for a week before they head to... Florida. So we talked to Brad Stevens on a Zoom call, Kemble Walker on a Zoom call. I'll play you just a little clip from each guy, the, I think, most important takeaway from each one. They each spoke for about 15 minutes or so. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com for amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So let's start with Brad Stevens, who. Uh, was predictably Brad very excited it seemed to get started excited to see the guys back out there the biggest takeaway from Brad is what he sees as the key to success and I'll, I'll just let you hear what Brad has to say and then I'll react to it after
1: you know, I saw Austin Rivers said today, you know, that the idea of an asterisk next to this championship, I think he said it exactly right. This is going to be a super unique situation, and whoever wins it is going to really earn it. Because I think there's, a, um, there's certainly a basketball side of this, but it's also a you, you've got to find joy. You've got to make sure that you're, um, you know, uh, we want to make an impact on and off the court. We want to continue to prioritize things or, that are very important to the group as a whole, and so there's a um there's a lot of um a lot of things that we're talking about heading into this um really new season you know in a lot of ways we can call it you can you can attach it to last season if you want, but um in a lot of ways it's a new season and that's the way we're looking at it
0: It's interesting that he's giving it that approach that, first of all, it's, it's basically a new season. And it really kind of is. The Celtics have the luxury of saying it's a new season because they are obviously playing for playoff seating and everything, but they, they know they're getting ready for the playoffs. They know they're, they're going to play one of two or three different teams, and I'm sure they've had plenty of time to put together game plans for one of those teams. So I feel like they're comfortable in that. But the finding joy bit that he just said super interesting to me because the basketball part of it is the basketball part of it like we we all know what the basketball part of it is but the mental side is what he's focusing on here this mental aspect of that bubble as Brad said being together in this unique situation where the longest road trip that the Celtics have ever been on is 10 games and they'll be there for like 20, Ten days, I should say, they'll be there for 20 days before they even play a single game. So they could be there for three months. That's a real challenge for everybody involved, family or no family. That's a challenge. The just the unique situation, no fans, no the, the being cooped up, all the rules about where you where you can go, how you can play, how you can interact with people. That's going to wear on people. There's a mental aspect here, the the mental grind of this return is going to be very pronounced and I agree with Brad the team that can overcome that stuff that can find its joy as he said that can go through this entire process enjoy being with each other not get too caught up in the craziness the uniqueness let's say of the whole thing not get bogged down and and burnt out by everything the team that can keep its focus It's going to be the team that comes out with the best chance. And obviously, it comes down to basketball, and and the team with the best player has a better chance than the other team. But when we're looking at playoff series and how they swing, you know that old cliche, role players play better at home? Well, there's no home, there's no road. But the role players are going to play better in their better situations, in, in those situations where they feel more comfortable, I suppose. So, teammates getting along, chemistry, a little bit more important than it might have been otherwise. So, it's going to be interesting to see. That's something to watch for as the the bubble continues and as teams go through this. And we're, we're, I'm just working with the assumption that this does play out. Okay? I'm, I'm, that's That's the obvious caveat here. Assuming everything goes well, this is what I'm looking at. So... Uh, that that's something to watch for. Now Kemba also spoke, and he was asked uh, the, the question that everybody wants to know. Every time I do a Q and A randomly on Twitter, people will ask, "How's his knee?" Well, he says that this actually worked out fairly well for him.
2: It was super important for me. I I, I really really needed to needed that break. Um, it definitely helped me. You know, get back to myself and, you know, start to feel comfortable, you know, on my knee. Um, and, yeah, you know, it was, it was a very unfortunate time, but it was in my best interest for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the way the schedule is and, I you know, just going to keep on taking care of myself. Um, that's really all I can do. So I'm just going to stay on top of things and, you know, take it day by day.
0: He really struggled in his last three games, the three games after he returned from the knee scope, Uh, He shot like 20% from three, 29% from the field overall. He didn't have that burst. He couldn't get to the rim. It It was not great. And he was trying to work his way back. And I think he saw that in the final was 18 games that they had. He saw that I need to come back. I need to try and figure out how to play with this and then ramp myself up so I can be ready for the playoffs. Then this hiatus comes around and we need to be clear. So no one is accusing anybody of seeing the hiatus as a good thing. It's not a good thing that happened. We all acknowledge that. Just want to be clear because I know somebody's going to look at this and say, you're normalizing this or or whatever. No, nobody wanted the hiatus to happen, but it happened. So because it happened, Kemba got this opportunity. Now it was good for Kemba. So that's how we're going to treat it. It was good for Kemba and Kemba obviously, and you hear you hear him say it, that was not, nobody wanted that to be why he got the rest, but it happened, there's nothing anybody can do about it, so it turns out that he got the rest, and it turns out that that was helpful for his knee. So here we are on July 2nd, this is the July 2nd podcast, and Kemba feels better, this was very beneficial for his knee, it's, it's, it feels like he's back, it looks like and sounds like he's, he, he's about 100%, we couldn't ask. I, I was going to ask him if he could put the number hundred percent on the, on the knee, but I didn't get to ask my question. Um, and because of this is all over Zoom, you can't just turn around and ask the guy. It's one of those, you know, the the downsides of this, the way the media is going to be covering it. That's that's the way it goes. Um, we have to adjust. So, but it sounds like Kemba is at about a hundred percent, and he feels good. He feels confident. You could see the look on his face. He was happy to be back. And it sounds like the Celtics are happy to be back too. No positive tests in this first round. So when we were reporting Denver Nuggets and New Orleans Pelicans had all of these positive tests. The Celtics in this first round of testing have not gotten a positive test. So that's a good thing, obviously. Uh, there's no one who is opting out. Everybody's going to play. So as of right now, I'm recording this late on Wednesday night. So... Uh, for Tuesday, July second, the news is full participation for the Boston Celtics. No opt-outs. Full health for the Boston Celtics. Injuries seem to have healed, and no COVID tests. No positive COVID tests. They are getting tested regularly. They are going to be tested when they get to Florida. It's entirely possible that somebody has it right now and hasn't showing symptoms and hasn't been hasn't had it long enough to test positive. So let's. Not go crazy if we see a, a test. It's it's entirely possible that somebody will test positive. But for now, so far, so good. That's the big takeaways from Brad and Kemba. There are some other things. I would encourage you to go to masslive.com slash Celtics and read the coverage from me and from Tom Westerholm who, even though he is now a competing podcaster, is my good friend and partner at MassLive.com and a very good writer and Celtics beat reporter. So go check out our coverage at MassLive.com slash Celtics. When we return, we continue the discussion. Me, Chuck McKenney, Mike Dinan of RedsArmy.com. Summer of 2013, Doc Rivers is out. The next two segments are discussion of Doc Rivers leaving Boston, how we felt about it at the time. So stick around for that. In just a couple of minutes first you are a car person you need parts you know how to build an engine you know how to do all of the stuff that maybe I don't know how to do but you need to know how to do it go to rockauto.com to get all of the parts that you need don't go to one of these chain stores where you walk into a small place and how can they even possibly have all of the parts that you need in that little store it's impossible but a place like RockAuto.com, where you go online and they have a huge warehouse, they can have exactly what you want, and they can have it at a much lower price. For example, a fuel pump assembly for a Honda Odyssey at Advance three hundred and fifty-four bucks. At RockAuto.com, two hundred and seventeen bucks. Look at that! You get a, a nice expensive dinner that you can go to with your significant other with that extra money that you've saved, or you can go right back to RockAuto.com and buy another part, two parts for what you would have spent for one at a chain store. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Did you know that? So don't, don't fall for that. And also, don't fall for those chains with different price, mar- you know whatever the market will bear like a, an airline. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible and they are for everybody. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from brake parts, engine control modules, to wipers, a new carpet, motor oil. rockauto.com. Go there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: So that season is the end of the Big Three era. Like, this is it. No Ray Allen that year. We've gone through this. The Celtics have lost Rondo. They, uh, all of these other signings, is just not, it's, it's not working out. We see the writing on the wall after this series is over. Paul Pierce, the stories are that Paul Pierce like understands, like, that's it. I'm done. We're done. I'm done in Boston. Um, and it turns out that he was right. The, the 20, the summer of 2013 is the most eventful summer one of the most eventful summers in team history. So they, first of all, before we get to the big thing starts with doc rivers, doc rivers is not on board with a rebuild. And Chuck, I remember at the time you were pissed. We're still like, pissed. still, still pissed. pissed. Still pissed. A lot of people are pissed um, that Doc Rivers at, at the end of that season. He's like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. He had been kind of like hemming and hawing a little bit prior to this season. And, you know, it, he he's just, I think I think he had just the 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 grind of this season was like part of it was Doc's failure too. Like he the the magic was gone. And and his his love for what was going on in Bud like that was all gone too, so Doc didn't want any part of the rebuild. So the, the Clippers were looking for a coach. They let Doc walk, and they got a 2015 first round pick for Doc Rivers, and that that led to a lot a lot of anger uh, at heading uh, Doc Rivers' way.
2: Well, he had, when he had signed his extension, right? I mean. It, a few seasons before, I don't have the, the dates lined up, but I just think that there was this quote or this this clip of Doc talking about wanting to be here. And I know guys are entitled to change their minds and all that other stuff, but when you come out and say that, when you come out and say, I want to be the reason number 11 goes into the rafters or no <laughs> one else wears it, when you say crap like that and you don't back it up, of course there's going to be backlash. So, I mean, you know, Doc had a rough start here, but we saw what he did with this team. I mean, we know now with all the with all the um, you know, kind of big threes we've seen or the super teams we've seen how tough it can be to manage ego. Manage egos, and Doc was great at it. So, he he was just a really he was a great coach for this team um So we thought we had, you know, at least we have Doc, you know, maybe Danny makes some moves. We still have Doc. Guys will want to come play for Doc. Um, but then when he kind of just, you know, backs out on us, which is what it, what it felt like. Um, of course we're going to, we're going to be pissed because, you know, you're reaching a low point, uh, in the franchise. You at least want to have one foundational piece. You're like, okay, when Rondo's back, he's here. You know, we have Doc. But no, I mean, you're, you're I mean, just when when he and it, it's I guess it's never easy to kind of weasel your way out of anything, <laughs> but <laughs> it just, you know, you don't want to it's just it's not a good situation. So at the time, I yeah, I mean, I remember being very bitter for the reasons I, I just explained. I just felt like he was abandoning us. It's like you, you wuss, you know, <laughs> where's the Celtic for life? Like, give me give me that guy. You know what I mean? That that's that's who we want, and he didn't want to be here. So then it's like good riddance. But you know, I I've softened on Doc over the years because of really how much he brought to the team when he was here, and you know the players, the adoration they have for him. It's like how can you how can you you know not respect him for when you hear about KG and Paul talking about him. It's like you know it's, he's he's almost kind of hard to hate. Um, right. So, you know, it it definitely hurt and I'm sure I said a lot of angry shit and there's still, (laughs) there's still a lot of feelings there, but, um, you don't, you don't like the way it shakes, it shook out, but and I'm not even sure what the Celtics did with the pick, but you know, the way Danny was able to, to make it work, um, you know, I guess he got the, the most he could for it.
3: Here's, here's
0: just the details, Mike, just to get the details out there. The contract was a five year, thirty-five million dollar extension signed in May of twenty eleven. So we're here two years later with three years left on his deal and him changing his mind. And the pick that the Celtics got for him became RJ Hunter. So who I still feel like is this close. I feel like he's still I still feel like he's this close to figuring it out, man.
3: RJ Hunter is always an
0: irrational guy. I'm like, ah, I like this kid.
3: RJ hit one big shot in his life, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was, he was a great shooter and he had the time and the place in the spotlight on the uh, March Madness, made the game winning shot and that gave him a career. But um, back to Doc, at the time I was um, more pissed about him leaving than I was about Ray when he left because Doc. Come on, everybody could see that there was a, a rebuild coming, that things were going in a certain direction. They weren't going to change um, that quickly. And he, he signed a five year extension. Did he think that it wasn't going to happen within those five years? So, and it, like Chuck said, he abandoned us. It came out of the blue. Every, I don't know of anybody who thought that Doc was not going to stay. And, uh, then all of a sudden he's talking about not staying. So that was the, the part that hurt, um, that he decided to bolt when he did. But in hindsight, I think it was probably for the best because while he was a perfect coach for the veteran 08 team, he wasn't going to be a perfect coach for the young team. And when his replacement was chosen, it, it was somebody who could coach young players. and also Brad Stevens coming out of college, It was kind of like a low-key tanking maneuver by Danny because you know college coaches don't come in the NBA and start winning immediately. So you have to have a learning curve and an adjustment. So with Brad, he had that, it only took him one season, but that one season, the Celtics weren't that good. Didn't have the talent and ended up with a favorable draft position. I think that's how they got Marcus Smart.
0: You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every
3: bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily.
0: Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the
1: planet, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Follow us on our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at Locked on Instagram.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, John, if you have anything more to add on, on Doc before we slide into, you know, Brad. I don't think I had many glowing comments about the hiring of Brad Stevens. <laughs> I think most of us were like, who? What? He did? Yeah, Really? Like, it was just such a, you know, you wanted to be an, an in Danny I trust kind of guy, but it was just like... Really? We think yeah. Brad's going to coach him. Like if there was ever a college coach, you know, I guess you think of college coaches to succeed in the NBA, you need big personalities, right? Not that John Calipari or Rick Pitino ever, right. you know, it's, right, exactly. excelled in the NBA. So, but Brad was just like this Midwestern guy, mild man. And you're like, really? Like the Butler guy? So, you know, I mean, I clearly wasn't on board. I thought they could have done better, but
0: what do I know? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, my, my final thoughts on doc, I mean, I, I was, I was no fan of the, uh, the, the way things played out, but this is in, in the course of things you can, you can take a job and things change. Like he, he might've thought like we can sit here and say that, yeah, of course there would be a rebuild coming. Well, you know, maybe, maybe he thought that it wasn't going to be, quite the tear down maybe he thought that it was going to be a little bit different and and you know in those two years you also had him and rondo falling apart like that he it wasn't just everything was great and he said ah forget it it was there's a lot going on there too ray ends up leaving rondo he you know they you have that moment where Rondo throws a water bottle through a TV during a film session. So like he and he and Rondo almost freaking fought. So there, there are things that change throughout the course of those two years to make a guy be like, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm done. I'm done with this. If you know, this is my opportunity. I get to say what I'm going to say that it's just, it's not right for me anymore. I'll go to this. You get a draft pick out of it. Great. And you know, we all move on and that's it. So, uh, I, I get it. I get why people would be upset with doc, but I I think you have to take a lot more into account than just the one thing of, well, it was, I, I, he does not want to go through a rebuild. I definitely think there was more involved and John, Don, I don't know what kind of man you
2: are, but I'm a man of principle. And everything I've ever said in my life, I stand by. <laughs> I've never wavered. I've never flip-flopped. Never. So never things I felt mind. when I was 22, 32, 42, I still feel the same about. So yeah, I think you're cutting Doc a little bit too much slack. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. Um,
3: I think we all wish that we could be in a position like Doc had where you could just say goodbye to, three years at seven million a year and know that you're gonna land on your feet anyway.
0: Well I mean the contract went with him to to uh, the Clippers, I believe. He ended up getting more money anyway. But
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. He knew that if he left Boston he would find a good spot to land. Yeah. So Maybe he already had that spot. And, and when he older, started acting up.
0: Maybe. Maybe he knew. I mean I'm sure there's there's always there's always back channel stuff. But yeah. the other thing is, like, oh, history has shown us that it worked out. Like, it worked out better for the Celtics. Like, Doc, I don't think, would have been able to manage the rebuild like Brad Stevens did. That, I, I, I just, that's where I fall on this. The Friday podcast, the hiring of Brad Stevens, and we begin our discussion of the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade. I'm going to structure that podcast like this one, because we're going to hear from a couple of players on Thursday afternoon. So the first segment will be whatever they said and a little recap of that. And then the next two segments will be part one of that, the, the end of that summer. So stay tuned for that. Before I wrap up, I just want to uh, send uh, my thoughts to Steve Bullpet of the Boston Herald, who is I think the longest tenured or was the longest tenured beat reporter in the NBA. I say was because he was laid off from the Boston Herald on Wednesday and I just I want to express my anger at the Herald, the industry just the way things work as a whole because here's a guy that I mean, if if, you, if he reports something, you know it's right, um, and when I first started on the beat, I mean, for those of you who don't know, some of you do, I've talked about it before, I mean, I've spent, my, my career has been television, and has been television news for the most part, actually, so my, my entire professional life has been on the TV side, behind the scenes, some on-camera stuff, but my side hustle was redsarmy.com and the locked Celtics podcast until i got this job at mass live a couple years ago and a year and a half ago and it was steve wilpet that was like the first person to say you know here here's the ropes here's here's how things work here's where you need to be here's how you need to you know where you need to go um and i forever appreciate steve for helping me out in that way um this this industry for one question i get a lot is from college kids people who are you know young 20s looking to to break into this business and i always kind of joke like are you sure you want to do this uh don't do it The, the media business is just brutal it it chews you up it spits you out um it's People see this as a dream job, and in so many ways, it is. Like, I am not complaining about my job one bit, okay? I'm not going to do that, especially in light of this pandemic. But in just the the, the, the mental toll that this industry can, can have on people who work in it, because it's so cutthroat, there are, I always say, it's very much like the sports that we cover. There are a finite number of jobs. Okay, There's only 450 jobs for NBA player. Okay, Even though thousands of people want that job and more than 450 people are qualified for it. There are only so many writers, so many media members that cover the Boston Celtics, that cover sports in general. I'm lucky that I got into this business and got into it covering the Boston Celtics, the team that I grew up watching coming home to cover this team. But at any minute, at any minute I could be gone. And if a job opens up in LA covering the Lakers, guess what? I'm going to have to apply for that. If I want to keep covering basketball, that's what I got to do. And I got to go there and cover the Lakers with the same excitement and energy that I cover the Boston Celtics. And that's something that maybe a lot of fans can't comprehend or say they would never do. Um, but when I was playing basketball, and if I was ever good enough to to play in the NBA, when my draft <laughs> slot came up, and if it was the Lakers that drafted me, I'd go and put that Laker jersey on and try and be the best basketball player I could be. Paul Pierce grew up as a Lakers fan, came here and became a Boston Celtics legend. That's how it goes, and that's how it goes in the media business. And at some point the industry has enough of you and a place like the Herald with whatever financial things are going on there. I don't know the inner workings. I don't know, but they made a decision to let go. Maybe the, you know, one of the best beat writers in the country for their own reasons. It certainly wasn't because he wasn't good. Because he was very good. This Boston Celtics beat actually has a lot of fantastic, fantastic journalists. I'm I'm excited that I get to work alongside so many of them and I get to learn from them and you know hopefully become one of them, you know, that can be considered a good journalist at some point too. But Bopet, for whatever reason, whatever the Herald's reasons, now without a job. And I just think it's just such crap. That this is how things go. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Um, maybe it could be a blessing in disguise. Because he can finally enjoy. Sitting along the water. And you know. Just watching basketball. And maybe just retire. And just whatever. Start a blog. Start a podcast. Who knows. Uh, just have some fun. And just relax. But that's the thing about when, when you're working this job. You never want to relax. You never want to retire. Like I, I don't. Why would I ever want to leave this? Why would I ever want to leave talking about basketball and going to basketball games and and talking to players and coaches and all that? Why would why would I ever want to stop that? I don't I don't know where I'm going with this other than it's just it sucks. It sucks and uh, I hate it and it's part the part of the industry that I hate and it's fair warning to all of you want to be journalists that this is this is how it goes. And you spend <laughs> you spend so much of your life getting yourself to a mental place where you don't care what somebody says you know like I'm not going to live my life based on what other people think of me and you get to that I think it's a healthy place and you develop a thick skin because you put stuff out there and people aren't going to like it because nothing's universal and whether a piece is good or not is subjective and and in the social media age people are going to say horrible things to you so you develop a thick skin but at the same time you're like, you have to have people like your stuff, because then they click on it, then they want you, then they want to read your stuff, and that's what keeps you employed. So you're in this weird place of, ah, I don't care what anybody thinks, except please like all of my work, because if you don't, then I don't have a job anymore, and that that's that's a tough mental place to be, um, and I. Watching a day like this, when somebody like Steve gets laid off, um, it's jarring. So, I just wanted to give him my best. I've already reached out to him personally, but I want to publicly say it as well, and um, just let everybody know that's getting into the business that this is this this can be a tough this can be a tough business. Obviously, the the real tough businesses are the the jobs that, you know, the first responders and all of that. I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm not, I, I know, I, I hope you know what I mean, but when you're in this business and you're, you know, there's, there's a mental, there is a mental toll when you're trying to do this. I'm certainly not asking people to be, uh, uh, you know, to feel sorry for me or anything like that, but just understand that this is, if you're trying to get into this business, it's something that you have a lot of passion for and it's, that passion isn't always reciprocated. you You can be out real quick. I'm just gonna leave it there. Hopefully some of that made sense. i'm still I'm still not exactly great about this, but anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Friday locked on Celtics with more on the players who spoke on Thursday and the beginnings of the conversation of the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade. Subscribe if you have not done so. If you have, please give a five-star rating and a good written review. It's very much appreciated. We'll see you tomorrow on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast.